Good morning, comrades. You are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. We have Jeff uh, just doing a quick intro. We have a very special classic episode of Good Morning Comrade for you today. Uh, we had Nathan J. Robinson and Lyda Gold of Current Affairs uh, on our show. This is from back in November. Uh, we talked to these two fine folks about uh, the book uh, that Nathan had written uh, and released at the time, uh, which is why you should be a socialist. Uh, you should go and pick that up if you uh, or get more information about it from uh, Nathan. You can uh, also uh, take a look at currentaffairs.org where you can find any of that information as well. Uh, so without further ado, here is Nathan and Lida. A book coming called Why You Should Be a Socialist. Why should you be a socialist? There are lots of reasons why you should be a socialist. But I don't think I have to tell you because you are already... I don't know if this is news to your listeners, but you're a little bit of a socialist. Okay. Well, what if, what if I? What would you tell to me if I wasn't? I well, guess maybe just as a, not not necessarily like, whatever you're um, interested in, and in, you know, sharing. Sure. I mean, so with the book, I'm actually. I mean, it's called "Why You You Should Be a Socialist." Mm-hmm. So it's targeted at kind of non-socialists, and my mm-hmm. sort of dream is that people are going to give it to their reactionary parents as a holiday gift because I think it will be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the, the pitch that I make for socialism, I actually begin... I don't begin with the means of production. I begin with a sense of outrage at injustice and at hierarchy. So we, I sort of talk about the socialist way of looking at the world, mm. and I sort of begin the early chapters by s- taking us on a tour through the world and having us look at it as socialists look at it, Ooh, which is, highlights. you know, the, as you go to your workplace and you see the way it operates and you see who makes decisions and who doesn't get to make decisions, and as you go through the world, I mean, and you just start to notice things that seem horrendously unfair and unjust and unjustifiable that don't have causes that can be defended Um, and I think that's where because I've been interviewing a lot of uh, DSA people, uh, people in the Democratic Socialists uh, over the course of the last few months and I ask them what socialism means to them and they all have different definitions and some people use this to say oh well young millennials they don't know what socialism means because they all have different definitions but I don't think that's right I think they do share this kind of I've been trying to think, what does socialists have in common? And what they all kind of have in common is this real, intense, acute, burning sense of outrage when they look at things that seem tremendously unfair and can't be justified. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I talk about that kind of that kind of socialist worldview. And we, 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 I talk about that before we start to develop programmatic yeah. socialist principles and, an, and any, even before we develop an economic theory or mm-hmm. we start to get sort of really academic about it socialists begin, they all kind of begin with this sense of real deep discomfort with things about the world that seem wrong yeah, yeah, and and at the very, yeah, so that, that yeah, that is w- a certain sense what I guess people could think of when they're, you know, calling themselves socialists, because I in a very like real sense, like I try to avoid labels in certain ways, not mm-hmm. because I want to like like be identified or whatever with whatever, but I, I kind of overthink like outwardly claiming that I have any particular identity mm-hmm. might get people to pigeonhole me. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. I mean, have you watched the news lately? Like they will take anything and just like 
like shove you away into like like just just file you away and like they're like oh oh you're this so I don't have to converse with you anymore on, on mm-hmm. a certain level like it closes the door in a certain mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I mean you know there's. As far as news media is concerned, like being a socialist is the same as being a communist, which is the same as being a Stalinist, or you know, they, they don't really care. These are words. Yeah, these are words, and what it, it means is is this oppressive, scary thing that they don't want to talk about. And what helps with starting with outrage is that's where we all start. Yeah, that's your job is te- your boss is terrible to you. <laughs> that's the thing. Like uh, Aaron, you know, our coast is not here tonight. She's sick. My wife has said uh, before it'd be a lot. Get better, Aaron. And I is like. She's like, I wonder if it'd be easier to talk about socialism or to can, or to bring win people to socialism if if we just called it completely something. What if we just called it fun chair, fun yeah. chair, fun sharing? Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're fun, well, we're, you know. You know, I used to dislike the term, and I used to feel very much as if it obscured more than it illuminated. Mm-hmm. And I have kind of come around to embracing it, and mm-hmm. I think. I think Bernie Sanders changed a lot because he used the term openly and I think there was a long time where it was unclear where it was a f- whether it was a fight worth fighting yeah. whether this was a term that could be redeemed and could be made useful but now like post Bernie like it's so the the opinion polls at least suggest that people are pretty open to it mm-hmm. and I think having a term does help in that it can clarify some of the basic things, right? You you know, if you say, like, oh, I'm not going to use labels, well, we do need ways to communicate what we have in common and what we share and to distinguish ourselves from people who disagree with us very strongly. And so I do think... We need words. I do... We like words. Words are helpful. (laughs) And I do think that, like, all of the people who now embrace the term socialism, they do kind of have something in common. They have an analysis that is pretty similar across them. Yeah. I think one of the hardest hurdles for me to get over was, like, when you think of... I thought of socialism, I thought of, like, all these guys in black and white photos with, like big black trench coats <laughs> and like beards one of them just like airbrushed look, out of that photo anytime and, but they but, seem cool don't you yeah they, they, one of I mean, cool. now i think they're great i, I, I have a black coat now that's that's one of the thing um to steal <laughs> to steal a, another great idea from another woman um contra points of YouTube taking fame. things from women there you go <laughs> she she said and i think this really sticks is that um you know what what do you want us to do all drink bathtub gin when the revolution comes she's like I don't want to get rid of champagne. I just want to redistribute the champagne. I was like, that I think, I think is the perfect way to, to go about this and to come out. Yeah. Haven't you used this, Nathan? We we talk about luxury leftism yeah, a little bit. Yes. And, um, and the fact that like the problem with limousine liberalism is not the limousines, it's the liberals, right? You want you want limousines, you want wine, well, you want maybe not limousines. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of against cars in general. Turns on who drives it. Well, but they couldn't be gas powered. That's true. Electric, beautiful yeah. electric limousines that we take turns being in front and back. <laughs> yeah. I think is is the only thing that we can redeem limousines. Can we have a hot tub in that? Yes. Yeah, of course, we have a hot tub. Yes. This is the thing. We get to have hot tubs in our limousines. Yeah. But everyone, but the, the, the point is not equality of deprivation, yeah. but equality Abundance. of prosperity, yeah. equality of access to the really good things in life. And maybe those things aren't limousine, but the thing is, the point is, whatever is the best thing, whatever is the good life, that's what we want to give people. And I think it's really, really important to have a vision of socialism that emphasizes that luxury is okay. The problem with it is, first, 
when it's ecologically wasteful and destructive, and second, when only some people have access to it. And that's those are the real sources <laughs> of inequality and misery. Like, not to give anybody homework, but uh, that that um, I'm a teacher about it. So <laughs> give homework, Jeff. <laughs> I, I'm what actually, you do? I'm actually against homework. Lean into but, it. <laughs> um, the um, have you anybody read Aaron Bastani's? Uh, what was it? Fully automated luxury communism. Has anybody read that yet? No, I haven't. It sounds like from Navarro Media. Alley. Oh, it's from Aaron Navarra Bastani Media. from Navarro no, Navar- Navar- Media. The only person I've seen on Navarro Media is Ash Sankar. Okay, well, he wrote a book about called like sort of paths towards fully automated luxury communism and sort of like tribulations and trials on the way. It's sort of like forward looking seeming, um, but I think it's really um, funny and interesting. Forward-looking, Nathan. Uh, speaking I, of that, haven't you looked forward recently? I'm sorry, but <laughs> no. Wait, I was going to oh. say just super quick, like in a weird, perverse way, like the military-industrial complex, like put me on my path to socialism, because my first job ever out of high school, my first, well, my first real adult job, like you know, you had like work at the movie theater in high school, or whatever. But right out of high school, I joined the Marine Corps. So hmm. I was in the Marine Corps, and I never had to worry about a place to, to live. When I was hungry, I ate. When I wanted to go to the doctor, I just went to the doctor. And then four years of that, and then I got out, and I'm like, what is huh. all this? This makes no sense. Why aren't things just like it was when it, I was in? There is something really strange about the military, and that, like, as I understand it, like, military bases and such, they are, they are a kind of weird so socialist like, world. Like, uh, <laughs> when you're, when, before you get to a certain pay grade, you have, like, access to a chow hall and you could go there whenever you, like whenever they're open you just go get a meal and then uh like uh uh when you move off base or whatever they pay they give you a stipend like you get a stipend for living and like cost of living like groceries and stuff too and to get and to get more specific Basic on how that stipend works, yeah, yeah. You say? it's called cola there's a yeah. there's a cost um, of living anal- uh, adjustment yeah cost of living allowance um and how this works is the u.s government has already mapped out how much it takes you, how much money it takes to live comfortably by every zip code in America. So the zip code that you're stationed in, that's what they'll adjust your pay to. And depending on if you have kids and how many. Yeah. Yeah, If you put the zip code in, put uh, COLA BAS rates uh, into a Google thing, they make it very easy to find. They will have for any zip code, wherever there's a base. And it's just like all the pay grades. It's like a scale. It's incredible. So the point is, the government has already worked out socialism. It's already worked it out. (laughs) They drew the blueprint. Yeah, Yeah, they've just got it filed away for some reason. So what we're saying is the military-industrial complex is good? Uh, No, 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 no. (laughs) But it sounds like the problem might be the hierarchy and also the invasions of foreign countries. But other than that, why will people will join or like why people will also not leave because of the yeah they're they're like like, they're like come join the military we have rudimentary socialism and everyone's like oh I'll do that they're like you might have to die and they're like but but a little bit of socialism just a little taste and they're like yes you'll a lot of people will come up to the separation date and they'll be like I'm separating and then they'll be like. Oh man, I don't have to figure out all this it's stuff. Like, I don't have anxiety. to get a job that pays way more than my job because, like, the jobs don't pay as much as you think. But like, all the living adjustments and stuff, it makes up for it. But like, when you get another job, it has to get paid so much more, and you have to mm-hmm. make a, make uh, considerations for these things. And people just get scared of it. Very I- randomly, I, I was on a Coast Guard base recently, and I got into this conversation with this guy who was saying that he was actually kind of bored. He didn't really have much to do, but. You know, the thought of going back to like civilian life it wouldn't pay as well and they wouldn't have the benefits so he's just gonna stay and be <laughs> no that's that's a real thing though like a lot of people i know when i because i did payroll 
when I had to, I was a paper pusher, uh, what they call in the Marine Corps, a personnel other than grunt. And so I, I did payroll and a lot of people would stay in because they would be like, oh, I got this, I've got, I got my Ford F-150 truck that I got payments on. I have popped out, you know, 2.3 kids. And now it's like, I can't get healthcare outside of this, you know, for these kids. And there's nothing that pays this well, this steady. And it's like they're they're trapped in there, and they really they really want out. But the thing is that financially they're hooked in. I mean, I never had I did, I don't have any kids now. I don't I, I had like a car payment on like a ninety nine Honda Civic, so I didn't care. You know, <laughs> I was like, so the money they were giving me was like a king's ransom. You know, it it was great. It went all to like video games and beer. But um, a lot of people, yeah, they get stuck in there financially. Some things never change. But it's like if we could just get, <laughs> if we could just transfer, yeah. take all the the mechanisms of socialism that the United States government has already set up in order to help people kill people better. Yeah, and just move <laughs> so that over to everybody. <laughs> so the only problem here is that as an institution, it is basically just set up to murder and threaten to murder Absolutely. people. Yeah. But other than that, but as an institution... <laughs> it's weird, and we're doing this like... Um, we're like Jeff and I were like... Um, I'm sorry, Scott and I, we're doing this on we're doing this show on Veterans Day, mm. and it's weird that, yeah, I gave up four I'll years... I'll steal some valor. You can say I gave up group. four years of my constitutional... Shout program. out to Applebee's. Yeah, shout out. I had, Golden uh, Corral. I had Chipotle two-for-one today. <laughs> but, uh, what did you get? Chipotle had two-for-one. Oh, man, you could have given me one of those. Uh, no, Aaron, I had to be for Aaron. But um, it's weird that because we we were both in, like I was in the Marine Corps, you're in the Air Force, right? Like we have kind of this armor that protects us from jingoism. So in, in this weird yeah. way of our culture, so somebody be like, you dirty socialists. And I'm like, hold up. Let me tell you about the United States Marine Corps. Yeah. Have, you seen a, have you seen a little movie called Full Metal Jacket? Oh. That was me. I did that. I've been there. I yeah. got a t-shirt. So, so it's weird because did you eye, really do all that stuff? Their, their yeah. eyes kind of roll in the back of their head yeah. when you have when you have the discussion with reactionaries because it's like it short circuits their thinking. Yeah. They're like, wait a minute, I, everything this guy says is supposed to be. I'm supposed to like kiss he's his a feet, veteran? but he's talking about social. I, I just, I don't, I don't understand yeah. it. I don't get it. That's you're so a it, unicorn, man. Yeah. Well, no, but you're not. You're not yeah, because lot, I mean, there's a lot there's of unicorns. There's the shout out other podcasts. There's Eyes Left, which yeah, is a, right. a military podcast. Even like Terminal Lance, which I would not consider the um, Max Durarte. He's he's not a leftist at all. But if you read his Army comic Strang, strip, too. yeah, uh, yeah, Francis, yeah, no, that's a really good one. Um, but if you read Max Durarte's comic um, Terminal Lance about his time in the Marine Corps. It's very like, I'm just here punching the clock. I understand I'm just a cog in the system. Work is stupid. My boss sucks. It's all the problems <laughs> that you have in like the civilian world, and this guy's just breaking it down. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just a weird juxtaposition. And I, Well, I guess the point is, when yeah. I have these discussions with reactionaries, my first thing is, I say, well, we can't do Medicare for all. And I go, we already do Medicare for all. It's just for everybody in the armed forces. So we already know how to do it. So that's yeah. off the table. And then they go, well, it costs too much money. And I go, but whenever we got to go kill somebody somewhere, yeah. we got all the money in the world blank check. We got the S35. So yeah. We're going to talk about that one again. Um, can I get just pause for station oh, ID? Yeah. Uh, you're listening to WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. This show is called Good Morning Comrade. Good morning, comrades. So... Wait, can I ask you how how does healthcare work in the in the military? Oh, I you don't have understand. Tricare. I, I don't understand. You have this a at all. piece. You have a primary care, uh, 
person. I love that we're doing a Veterans Day episode. We did not plan this at all. <laughs> they give a primary care manager, and you go in, and he will refer you to all the other clinics in the hospital, which they have a big old hospital in every base. And and then on top of that, let's say like you've just got the like you don't need to see a doctor. You've just got the sniffles, right? Yeah. Well, because of what's called force and readiness, they want to make sure. For me, they want to make sure I was at my desk. For a guy who's like. His job, his hundred percent job, is to kill somebody. He make sure he's ready to do that. Yeah. I just got the sniffles. I don't. I don't feel good. My allergies are acting up. You go to the. You go to the clinic and you go. I need a bag, and they just hand you a bag of like assorted cold medicine. Yeah. What? Like that. That's how it is. And I was just like, go on, go on your merry way. <laughs> Even that and, good coding um, stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. About so, that was a long time ago. I don't know. About so that. imagine if we treated teachers the same way, Absolutely. and we thought to ourselves, oh well, our teachers need to be ready. They need to be healthy. So obviously, we're going to just Absolutely. give them medicine because they need it. Teachers who are around children all day. Children <laughs> yeah. Right. Kids sick a lot. Yeah. Also, you should probably take care of those children so they don't yeah. get each other sick, and yeah. <laughs> you can sort of like go down that path, so and the learn, dominoes fall. Which is what they're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Let's knock those dominoes down. I, I and um, I actually had a conversation with um, Jamal, who I met at the UAW plant. You listened to that one, and he talked yeah. about the healthcare. He couldn't, he wouldn't, he it, like I don't know if he could totally get his head around Medicare for all, but um, he seemed like he. So um, this guy was on strike at the we we um, some folks in DC New Orleans. We took a trip up, Michael, myself, and a couple of others. You know, Michael, mm-hmm. Nathan. yeah, absolutely. Um, but we drove up there and we met with them. We made a new friend, uh, like really cool really funny dude you should listen to last week's episode but anyway um he talked like extremely highly about the uh, uaw healthcare system and uh, one of the things that uaw did as i'm probably i'm sure people on like, listening right now are probably sick of it regular listeners to the show because i said almost every episode the own the um ceo of of general motors told the um basically canceled the health care during the strike and says mm-hmm. well you're on strike you don't have health care and there was such a an of outrage like publicly in this you know smearing of the gm you know name or whatever um that they actually re-implemented it but the point being is that the boss has control over health care if mm. you negotiated it because yeah, it's gotta they're go the ones at the bottom at bottom line they have so you wanted to make a point oh, no, about that, just, Robert? No, I said that's that's got to go away. And one last thing while I was rolling around my head about how healthcare and the military works, I've actually mm-hmm. you get you get um, automatically um, so what I'm for scheduled. Uh, that's not the right word, but to go to the doctor and to go to the dentist, mm-hmm. I've actually gotten in oh. trouble because I missed a dentist appointment. <laughs> like I had to go stand in front of the man with the shiny like, stuff on his collar and be like, have him say, "Why didn't you go to the dentist?" Because go to the doctor, I was maggot. I was busy at work, sir. And like, that is a hard no part excuse. of being an adult. I, 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 it's I really hate hard going to, to the doctor. It's just hard to remember, but, but it's but time it's, for your appointments. And you got to stop that. But it's interesting to have your country invested in the question of whether you live or die yeah. or whether your teeth are good. <laughs> They're like, well, we want your teeth to be good because when your teeth are bad, it hurts the country. Yeah. <laughs> and if you thought about all of your citizens that way, it would be very, very different. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Yeah, actually, I had uh, I had a surgery. I, I had my nose. I couldn't breathe in my nose. Yeah, deviated uh, upset his entire yeah, life. I couldn't breathe in my nose, and they, uh, they were just like, like had a very distinct whistling noise yeah. that he would make when he was sleeping. Appointments, and they like had a surgery, and then I also like broke my ribs in the military, and they were just like, "All right, yeah, uh, here's two X-rays, a bunch of Vicodin. You're off for two weeks." It's like wild. And there's no giant bill that comes no. or negotiating with your no. insurance Doesn't, company what, or all bill? of the things that, 
everyone. Is he working my office? Well, this, this is one of the really important points about socialism as not just a, as a set of sort of instincts and ways of looking at the world, but as a set of ideas for how to fix the world, is that almost all of the things that any actual socialist ideas. proposes have been done to some degree, somewhere, successfully. Right, and there are examples all <laughs> over the really place. really tried and tested things that we're just talking about expanding and giving to everyone instead of a select few people. <laughs> uh, yes, and then <laughs> Michael Bloomberg can like step in one day and say, well, uh, I actually want to like eliminate plastic straws and he's a tyrannical socialist. <laughs> Sorry, Bernie. <laughs> Who now has declared that he always made like some moves towards running for president. Yeah, and then Mural Jeff- Bowser in D.C. just immediately endorses him. He talked to Jeff Bezos about it. <laughs> yeah, literally did. I hate Michael Bloomberg. He, yeah. he and oh, Cory Booker are my least favorite, too, if he jumps oh, in. I absolutely. hate Cory Booker so much, and I hate um, <laughs> Michael Bloomberg so much because I am a teacher, and they hate uh, education. Yeah. Bill Gates got into some kind of like weird exchange with uh, Elizabeth Warren about you know whether or not it's okay to be a billionaire. If Bill Gates was not a billionaire, he would not spend those billions destroying public education. Well, By I, his own admission, yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, because I think our perspective on Cory Booker has always been sort of, oh, he's just like this adorable, inoffensive, nerdy, tryhard. Yeah. But like every public, when you talk to public, edu- public, public school him. teachers, they despise him because yeah. actually he's quite evil. Um, <laughs> also, he's a tryhard. Like, what do y'all know about like the dark side of Cory Booker? Oh, he thinks he's Daredevil. I know that part of him. <laughs> he's a sweaty nerd. Right? <laughs> he's a sweaty yeah. nerd. Uh, uh, he has an identical brother named Carrie Booker who looks exactly <laughs> like him. I don't, I don't even think they're twins. So there are two candidates that have identical brothers? Uh, yeah, because Castro, they've actually I done... I Cory Booker had... Huh? We have to look this up immediately. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, can someone look at that up? Um, can, can we please get the... Uh, <laughs> Intern on that. It's Carrie. He's got a brother named Carrie Booker. Unless I'm getting pranked, which is possible because it's the internet. I believe this. No, I'm like 99% certain. You are kind of a rube. I'm like actually 100% sure. What? You are kind of a rube. Uh, Well, that's fine. Um, But there was actually an example. There was an actual, and this makes me like Julian Castro, and he's got a decent immigration plan, but not much else. And he actually actually sucks on charter schools too. But. uh, he actually had a story where he did the switcheroo with his brother. Um, his brother. Well, like, yeah, that's Booker and <laughs> Booker. A, a there photo it is. of Carrie Booker. So please appeared. describe Carrie Booker and Cory Booker, this photograph. In the only way you can. <laughs> Carrie Booker and Cory Booker, they are similar looking men. I- <laughs> Carrie <laughs> seems like more fun. Yeah, though. Carrie does. Oh. Like, well, in this photo, is he the one wearing a t-shirt? It's a great competition. What if that's his? What if that's his running mate? Yeah. yeah. It's a shame Erin isn't here because she's the official show energy describer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's all about the the tea. If, and, so yeah. you're she's you, she's your wife. Can you just like fill in for her for a bit? Or is really. anybody in here she, good at describing energy? She's so good. At that, I don't know. Scott, you're going to describe the energy? Like mayonnaise energy? That's what <laughs> <you're> <laughs> uh, I had somebody talk about... Put a little uh, bit of Tony's in it. 
I had somebody talk about Cory Booker and Rosera Dawson saying they never had sex. Like, oh, oh, I didn't remember no seeing way. that. No. Yeah, you think? There's not a chance. No? I don't think they've even touched. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> yeah. no. Please, please. Not some weird vegan tantric thing? You don't think no, that's going down? No, please. no. Please. He's too weird. You please can't even imagine it. Dig you know, into this. You I know that why. we drove. I don't know if I've told this story on the um, on the podcast, but we we drove Rosera Dawson into Cory Booker's arms. Like, Wait. We, you ha- yeah. We okay. Yeah. Go ahead. You have told this story before, but like. Yeah. Okay, so the live reaction is I was in it. the room where um, it was Bernie Sanders and Killer Mike and Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson because I was a delegate for Bernie in Philly. Did you get to talk to Killer Mike? No, no. Damn. Oh, and, I love um, Killer Mike. He's the best. Oh, my God. And Bernie was all like, we're going to, uh, you know, um, we don't have the delegates. We're going to um, give our delegates yeah, would, to, to, yeah. to Hillary and blah, blah, blah. And Rosario Dawson came out and was like, look, this is great. We're going to back her and we're going to win the election. Everybody's like, boo! <laughs> boo! No! We hate you! We hate rent! Clerks 2 is garbage! Boo! Yeah. She's just standing there like, oh my god. She's just like, all yeah. this hate is just raining down on her. Maybe that's why Sarah Silverman said the Bernie people were being ridiculous. <laughs> to be fair, rent is pretty bad. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I've already talked about that. Yeah, we, it was one of those shows without Scott, unfortunately. We talked about rent. We talked yeah. about dead malls. Had, Scott misses a lot of shows sometimes because of... I had um, job problems and I was doing the show at the age Well, and he's Monday. been doing these Monday shows and our, and our Monday, our recording day has been Monday. So we're, we're glad to have Scott back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, sorry, he missed the boat on guests. all those things. <laughs> How do you feel about Cory Booker? <laughs> you, go ahead. Well, go Pete ahead. Davis had this comment on Cory Booker that I, th- I think is super right, that... Cory Booker, had he grown up at a different time, probably would have been a much better person. But yeah. he came of age like Yikes. during the neoliberal the revolution. 80s and 90s, and yeah. Exactly. And so he doing the thing that he felt that he needed to do in order to be successful, it probably yeah. his heart is seems like it's in a good place in a way. Yeah. And that he does seem to be a nice man. Bernie apparently likes him, is something I've heard. He might be a likable person. Yeah, I don't, I don't, he, he may be a nice man on a personal level. He, he does want to be a superhero. I think he I think he saved a man from a burning like, building really one time and now he yeah. thinks he's Superman. And he saved yeah. a frozen dog. dog oh, that, been these are great there. things. Yeah. Frozen yeah. <laughs> The dog. Was the well, dog it was, okay? There was a weird thing where someone tweeted at him and said, there's a dying dog out in the snow. And he goes, I'm going to come and save that dog. And he drove out. <laughs> he tweeted Got the dog and saved the dog. No way. <laughs> this is like a radio show. He used to... It used to be that his constituents would tweet, uh, and he they'd say, "Oh my!" And he used to shovel people's driveways. They'd say, "Like, oh my driveway is shoveling," and Cory would be like, "I'm there," and uh, and he did save someone from. Do you burning remember building. the real life superhero craze, like of like when the Marvel movies started coming out, and a bunch of people in like uh, Seattle were like, "We're just superheroes for real," and like they'd go out and like stop like street fights and stuff. Remember the if, movie Mystery Men? No, we have just done that instead oh, yeah. of running for president I, and becoming the mayor. I think yeah, you could have respected and him. Actually, being a pretty terrible mayor. Yeah, awful mayor. He, he basically defense. criminalized homelessness. He yeah. destroyed yeah. the Newark public education system. Well, he decided to let Mark Zuckerberg fix the Newark public education oh, so, system, yeah, which destroyed, destroyed the Newark public <laughs> education. Well, you know what they say. Newark, yeah. yeah, live long enough to be a hero, you end up being a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I guess their airport's nice. It's fine. It's cheaper <laughs> than flying it to New York. They have the Spirit Airport. <laughs> As somebody who lives in New York, let me just say, there's nothing good about New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Springsteen. Not no, I have Springsteen. Yeah, okay. Hold on, hold on. Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess where his wife I is just from. Got, yeah, I just got married in New Jersey. <laughs> 
in Cape. I just got married in Cape May. Oh, okay. It's nice enough that Disney has a themed restaurant after about Cape, after Cape May, and also Cape May, even though it is like a place for like it's a playground for the rich, like we're pretty rich. Um, it was one of the last stops for runaway slaves that didn't want to go to Canada and like on the Underground Railroad. Um, and then if you, and then to get there from the Philly airport, you drive through the Pine Barrens is where the, the cryptid, the New Jersey devil lives. Oh, and if you, if you like turn on, episode. if you listen to witch house, like crazy, like, which is just like the audio equivalent of a Ouija board, just crazy, like shrieks and synthesizers and then drive through that in the pouring rain. It'll change your life, which I Whoa. did. Okay. So Jersey devil did a thing in the. Early 1800s, that was pretty good, and uh, and the rest is a toxic swamp. Yeah. <laughs> buddy, buddy, I just want to I just want to say you waited in my waters because I have a shirt that has a cryptid on it right now. <gasps> oh, what do we got? Do we have hey. the dogagator. Uh, <laughs> that is a for the Abita Mystery House. Oh, the, oh yeah. <laughs> is it a dog or is it an alligator? <laughs> It's a dog gator. It's, yeah. It appears to be a dog with a- alligator skin. I'm just trying to give the listeners a <laughs> flavor for what is on your like shirt. Long so they don't have to lose out. When is the last time you went to the Abita Mystery House? What is the Abita Mystery oh, House? Oh, the Abita Mystery House is like a place that's got all these wonders. <laughs> that's it's got the like, Ripley's, believe it or it, not. Yeah, it's, like a Ripley, it's like a Ripley's house, except it's in Abita, Louisiana. Like, Abita, Springs Abita Springs is a very, it's a very small town. A mile away in from the, the North Shore. Company. Yeah, it's about, an, about 45 minutes from New Orleans going north it's mostly known for having water springs in a beer company is it, so, is it sponsored brewery. by the company a no beer, no no, uh, no it's just a separate thing it's a beer springs named after the place but uh yeah the beer company it, is named after like, the city it's got like old okay. like clockwork stuff and like pinball machines and okay. stuff like that just all kind of weird does it have the dog gator oh yeah they have the so dog you've dog seen gator. the real dog gator buddy i have seen the dog gator <laughs> <laughs> You are listening to WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. <laughs> this is Good Morning Comrade. That was a very Howard Sterny moment. <laughs> just like right at the 15 minute mark. Beautiful. <laughs> the, the last time I went there was like years ago. And there's like this very non Abita. Like, yeah. I was with Aaron. There's this very like non Abita looking uh, young, young woman who worked there who's just like super witchy. Yeah. And I'm just like, she's like the character in every CW slash comic book I've ever read. Like this, this girl either like hunts vampires or she's like, yeah. she's like the familiar to the vampire hunter. Who's just like, I've got a good lead for you. She's like the Janine. She's the Janine in Ghostbusters of the Abita mystery house. And Aaron's like, stop being in love with that girl. <laughs> Yeah, it, like I guess like that Your makes a lot of sense. You because of that. That makes sense. I guess if you're like a cool punk growing up in like Abita Springs, Louisiana, it's like where are you gonna show your like edgy attitude? It's the mystery house. The mystery house. We're going to the mystery house later. Oh, we're, we're in New Orleans. We're gonna rent a car. We're going to the Abita mystery house. We're seeing that. We're seeing that dog thing. Sounds like it's gonna be a whole. Let me tell you. Abita Springs is a great place if you want to like drink beer, just get plowed, watch a bunch, go to the go to the mystery house, see some weird stuff, and then ride dirty all the way crack across the bridge. Ride. So actually, since you're not from New Orleans, there's a really interesting like little. There's some a state park just on to, on the other side of the river, and they have really nice 
um, cabins that you could rent, oh, like yeah, right yeah, on yeah. the water. They're really nice. And there's like a um, a, th- a one-eyed gator there too, or maybe there's he's only one-eyed gator. Is he one-eyed or three-legged? I can't remember which. <laughs> oh, because if he's one-eyed, I might be thinking of. But if he was three-eyed, Happy like Gilmore. the fish the Simpsons. But he's something going on because I, I follow that. I follow <laughs> there's their some problem their with this alligator. You follow you follow the posting. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, there he I is. I love that state park effective for unusual alligator. But it's not a dog again. No, it's not a dog. It's just that's what we're here to say. Okay, so if it's one-eyed alligator, does it have an eye patch? No, (laughs) it wouldn't fit. Doesn't have ears. I I feel as if we've drifted off topic. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. Yeah, sorry. This happens every show. (laughs) Discussing prospects for socialism, and we've we've we spent a lot of time (laughs) going about the amoeba. How did we get to the dog alligator? Because he's got it on the (laughs) net. It's staring at me this whole time. All right. Uh, uh, back on track. Uh, back so, on track. Um, this is a professional operation. Very, I was told. Yeah, look at all the gear we have. You were, you were turned impressed. out to me. They have an impressive array of radio equipment in this room, uh, but it's but it's just not matched by the uh, by the ability. Oh wow! Wow, this is actually it was our, just very misleading. Yeah, this is actually our I first know, on-air callout. <laughs> so I just got so I, I told this story before we went on the shows, but I want to tell it again. I went to my psychiatrist today. It's going to sound like I'm making a joke. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, I don't go to a psychiatrist. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, I go to see him. I talk to him for a little while and uh, just the usual stuff. And I saw on his bookshelf that he had a copy of Robert's Rules of Order. Awesome. Now, this weekend that just passed, I, I, like, I'm not much for procedural stuff, whatever. But this entire weekend that just passed, I was in a... Um, sort of like a convening of people from all across the country and we were uh, meeting for business and it was directed part, like in part at least by Robert's Rules of Order. And <laughs> so I see this and I'm just like, I'd seen it for a very long time as well. So, but I just asked my psychiatrist, <laughs> it sounds like a bit, but it's not. I asked him, what, what's up with the Robert's Rules of Order book sitting on your bookshelf? And he looks at me like, I don't know, the person before um before me he uh must have had it or somebody like that and i was like oh, okay um can i have it and he gave it to me <laughs> you, why not so you're now the proud possessor of a pristine copy an unread presumably it looks on it looks untouched <laughs> yeah copy of the greatest one of the greatest works of literature ever produced <laughs> by humankind which that is the... robert's interminable complicated rules of order because you have brain worms now yeah, have spent a weekend being subjected to these rules and now you like them i don't know if i liked them but i felt you i had do. to learn them you too you if say you don't. If you like really them, like them. Robert, if you read Robert's Rules of Order is fun uh, for fun, I'll just give you my copy. No, it's not for fun. I like. I was, say, I I was just, actually yeah, telling my psychiatrist as I was I'll leaving, just, like my union uses Robert's Rules of Order. Oh. Uh, Democratic Socialists of America use Robert's Rules of Order. If you want to be dog, bogged down with procedural, I'll just give you my copy. I don't want to get bogged three down. Point, I don't know how to Three point five version Dungeon Master's Guide. If you want that, you can have. You know, that might be a good way to get people into socialism is to make it a bit more like D and D. Yeah. Because like Robert's rules, I work? gotta tell you, it's gonna kill me. <laughs> well, you know, Do we need a Dungeon Master you running need a du- DSA meeting? You need to be able to roll. You need roll to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your critical <laughs> speak? <laughs> yeah. What's your decks on? What's your decks like? I actually do not play D and D, but I would. Well, I, sorry. I would get into it if it, you know, it's if, fun. If it was for socialism. What if it's it was fine. run by the more horizontal Magic the Gathering and everyone would have to take a turn? Uh, I'm just saying, look, like, 
I, we all love DSA. I'm a car carrying member of the DSA. My wife and I pay our dues. But like, she was like the other day. We I our critiques of the DSA is like people people will say, well, we need this diversity committee. Why can't why is DSA so white? Like, why can't we have more diversity? And then. My my wife, who's white and blonde, went to that diversity meeting, and she's like, "Because this ish is boring, son. Like that's why. Like nobody, you're not gonna get people in here and Robert's rules of order them to death. Which there's a time and a place for that, but like it needs to be accessible to people. It needs to be accessible. Like it's super intimidating to quote unquote normies. And as much as I like, I like being a lanyard boy. I like voting on things. <laughs> like there's just a time and a place, and it, the the time is not." At seven o'clock, I love you. I love you, DSA, and they listen to you. Like, you know who recently <laughs> sat through a time at seven o'clock when I'm out of work and I'm just trying to stay awake. Mm-hmm. You know who recently came to a DSA meeting? Gilda. Good. Yeah. She, well, she she came not for because it's for DSA, but because it was like a like a, a campaign that we're getting engaged with. Who's Gilda? Uh, so she's the um, she's a professor at um, you know, uh, University of New Orleans in psychology. Hilarious. This is not a bit. I promise. <laughs> um, but she's actually technically she lives like two blocks away from me and she's also the so I mentioned that she was um, the executive director or whatever like the, the person that was running the Jefferson Parish Democratic Party which is the parish where I live the state level Democratic Party is absolutely a controlled opposition it's ridiculous and um, but but she was the person that came on as like a Bernie person nice. And um, I basically talked her into essentially, you know, coming and trying and work on everything because there's all kinds of campaigns popping up huh. in DSA around that. And so, like, this person and, and also we, I was actually talking with a friend of mine about, like, I, I want to talk to people about delegate strategy and, like, she would be a great person to talk about with that. Uh-huh. What, See, are the, what are the political uh, organizations look like where y'all are from? Good Morning Comrade can't endorse Bernie, by the way. It's just that uh, uh, because we are on, on uh, um, uh, 501c4. Just editing. We can discuss him in yes. a neutral manner. I was just making that point. In clear. which we just mention the fact that he does exist and is running. Yeah. If you happen to support him, which I don't we endorse him, but his policies are the best. Not. Yeah. Well, it's great that you got the, uh, yeah, Jeff, the chair of the Jefferson County Democrats. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. Jefferson Parish Democrats she into come, the, into into the DSA. DSA That's great, you know. Yeah. The slow infiltration of uh, mainstream democratic politics and, continues at pace. And sort of at least engaging with the... So, I'm like... Uh, the OK Boomer thing is funny and it. stuff like let's, that. But also, like, okay it has to be... It has to be at least, like... And it, I think it mostly is the people who are mad about it are the ones that are, like, just being serious because they want to cause trouble. But, I don't know... You, there does have to be some kind of a clear like we're not making fun of of boomers. If you're a no. good older mindset. person, you're still allowed. Yeah. yeah, like no, the kids like we're we're old, like we're old people here, and the kids, the kids, like the Gen Z kids have already worked this out. This is why I was I got into a Facebook. The kids work fast. I've gotten to a Facebook <laughs> scuffle this weekend are... with, with Bernie people. They're so Zoomers for nothing. Us. No, they're fast as hell. They're like, no, no, we can't be doing this. It has to be super inclusive for everybody. And I'm like, or we could just mobilize these kids who already have a rallying cry who turn 18 and we could just get them to vote. Like, instead of trying to turn people who hate us somehow to, to vote the way we want them to vote, we could just, we have the numbers to just mobilize who we got. But the point is that we're like, yeah, it's... It's not about if you're an older person, OK yeah. Boomer is not targeted at you if you are a boomer. 
the how, mindset. That's that's what the kids yeah. the kids have already come up with that meme that being a boomer is a mindset. There's the meme of the 30 year old boomer oh, who's I just like them. yeah who's just like oh, man yeah. remember MySpace man I was I, yeah. I, I was I, I was. I was number one Quake player. This is the guy all, you went to high school yeah, with that supports all, Joe Biden. Right. So it, like, don't hijack, don't try to hijack a kid's movement. Like, do, like they are, are, like if you if you search, go on YouTube right now because I spend all my time on the internet. I think I'm probably the person, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm probably the person most plugged into youth culture for good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not saying there's like a feather on my cap. I just really am. Like memes. Yes, you're a gamer. We know. Yeah, I, I, mean, on, I mean on Twitter, beefing with people on Twitter, like all the stuff. But if you search OK Boomer on YouTube right now or put OK Boomer song, they're just like, some of the lyrics are just like, do you, t- do you treat every service worker like trash? You're a boomer. Like you're wearing a MAGA hat, like you looking like a fascist. You're a boomer. That's like, like a these Jeff are Foxworthy chi- bit. These are our children. <laughs> you might be a boomer. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't chastise them. Bring them in. Yeah. yeah. You know. And they were like, well, we need to change it to OK Oligarch or OK. Oh, I'm like, you get stop pedantic. that. Yeah. That's corny, it man. That's corny. Yeah, this is a civility issue. Yeah. That's right. what people are mad about. Yeah. And it's this is funny but, because. Nathan gets a lot of angry emails from people who are mad because I write something uh, making fun. Uh, you know, sometimes just of, like making fun of white men, and they get and they get mad, and they write Nathan to complain about this. It crushes me every time. And like, get a sense of humor about yourself. But it's like, calm down, people. These are the people saying like, you can't do jokes now. Yeah, well, it's it's funny, but it is it's exactly the same people. They only want to punch down. Yeah, and and then you punch up, and you don't even necessarily punch up that hard. I could punch up hard. Yeah, please leave yeah. Bill Gates alone. <laughs> you're very you're <laughs> you? com- your humor sense of humor is very playful. And these yeah. same people, I've been like, we're chill. I could. I've been like, didn't you just post a guillotine meme last week? Yeah. And now, okay, boomer is too far. Like the line, like we go there, no further. Well, I'm like, classes. come on, y'all. If, you're if being you're, ridiculous. If your feelings are hurt by a by a joke like that. It, it, sometimes it helps to think like why are my feelings hurt right now like it's sometimes it's because the thing yeah, is hurtful like it, it could be that it actually is but sometimes it's because the you know the anger behind it is real the frustration mm-hmm. behind it is real I mean people can feel like their class is in danger right yeah yeah yeah, we did. We never do enough with that. It's it, it it's and and the the thirty uh, year old boomers that I've met are all they're all people who have money. They're all people who have like tech jobs, and and they're the centrists and they think people need to get along and they have money and they have stuff to protect and they live in Manhattan alone on a salary. Yeah, like it's it's crazy. Oh, they lose that four hundred one k. Yeah, I'll give you a good example of that too. It's like when my wife and I we were. Uh, we weren't married at the time, but I remember when um, and I, and when uh, Me Too was a thing. And what was it? And Z's a sorry. I probably said that. Z's and sorry. Yeah, like a thing that happened to him like, that the woman said they did. And, like, you can Google that. And I was like, that's not really a Me Too thing. Like, nobody got sexually assaulted, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, you don't understand this and that. And I really did have to, like, reflect and be like, wait a minute. Why am I defending this so hard? Why am I? And I'm like, oh, because I was trash in my 20s. That's why. Oh, I was that. Okay, I was that guy. Oh, I was like, and you know, probably 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, oh, you were trashing your 30s too. But like, yeah, that's why. And I, my dad said the same thing. We were talking about something. I was like, dad, are you defending this because you're afraid that like somebody's going to come out with something in your closet? It's like, self-reflect. Self-reflect. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a um, sign of sort of like a certain discomfort or uh, like um, 
I'm, I'm not articulating well. I can't think of the word is like right here on the tip of my tongue, but it's like a they not self assured. You know, they feel almost and so they they lash out at people. Um, not to dime store psychologize or anything. Um, Lido. Oh, you know, it's funny because so often when these Me Too situations come up, people are like, well, what is it going to take to, you know, how do people get forgiven? You know, yeah. uh, it, it's like, well, you could admit what you've done and apologize and, and try not to do it again. And like that, that it <laughs> seems pretty basic because, yeah, a lot of people yeah. grew up in a really misogynist society. A lot of people have done terrible things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it, like if you like, like you can ask those questions using the same words in different ways and mean extremely different things yeah, like as some, well. So like you can if you're basically like worried if you're or if you're like demanding that someone you know make things better or whatever like or or, or even if you're asking about it if you're asking before anything has been decided or whatever like how do you make somebody like rehabilitate somebody you know like the order of operations is important the um (laughs) person the credibility of the person asking the question is important and the manner in which the question is asked a lot of these persons a lot of these people sometimes are just like uh, I'm I'm sorry. Fine. Can I go back to making a million dollars now? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, the thing is, the left usually gets accused of being too quick to rehabilitate people. Like we're too into like letting people do Which crimes and then not be held accountable or yeah. be punished enough. Like presidents. And ridiculous. Yeah, right? That's ridiculous. We're so because we're bleeding hearts and we're compassionate and ultimately but- like we usually go. Oh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> you know, so uh, you're really not going to get excessively punished generally. Right. People like, uh, well, like the right will often like misconstrue that. They'll be like, oh, you just want us to prostrate ourselves and embarrass myself and like degrade myself. It's like, no, like, it's the I, want to, I want you to do that. I want you to actually just like mean what you're saying. Uh, like, yeah, that's, and if you do that, it's a pretty low, actually, we extract very little from you in terms of punishment. It's like, like sincere apology and like a little while in the doghouse and then probably you'll be okay. I'll say, like point, a, point of information. Um, this uh, is you are uh, listening to WHIV LP <laughs> New Orleans 102.3. <laughs> I will say uh, uh, a lot of the right wing people they're very prismatic. I've said this before that like they will take a thing that is very clear and they'll kind of turn a bit to where it just gets so twisted and colluded, colluded like to where you can't even make sense of it anymore. Like like Ben Shapiro is getting booed at uh, events now by like. Some guy in the audience who's just trying to be the next Ben Shapiro. Is he? Is he? I heard is about he, this. There's like infighting, right? Yeah. Oh, like really? That, what, what? That guy at the uh, Trump Jr. thing. He he showed up and he just had what he, Trump Jr. thing? Uh, he had like a book showing with like uh, I forget the right wing person he's in a relationship so with. Don, Donald Trump Jr. wrote a book called What Now? Triggered. Oh, <laughs> edgy. But like some, I guess some guy <laughs> who's like an, an upstart was in the audience and he was like. Oh, where's our Q and A? We need to do a Q and A. They were just like <laughs> gonna derail it because they just knew, and then like uh, they just shut it down and left in like twenty minutes. But like, I hope they all tear each other to bits. <laughs> I really enjoy watching people on the right destroy each other. It's but the left satisfying. gets accused of that a lot. Yeah, of being, of doing a lot of infighting, and there's some of there's that. There's a fair amount of infighting. Let's be real. We're getting better at it, I think. Like, there's more unity than there has been in a long yeah. time because we all understand That's- that. That's one of the things. It's like more unity than we've had in a long time. And I, I've kind of looked at this as when I've come to a leftist position and like we've got we've to do socialism. It's going to be socialism, barbarism, you know, the, the whole things we always put up. But I say, look, like, and I say this to my friends who are even more left than I am, who are, let's say, let's say they're again, they're like, oh, I, I'm not going to vote because that's a bourgeoisie act and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we are, we are in a guerrilla war. 
And like you have to pick up every available weapon you can. Mm -hmm. So if it's voting, if it's actually like arming the left, if it's kids saying okay boomer like if you have any threat like we're in no culture theater we're in no position yeah. to be like and let you know unless it's something absolutely crazy you know then yeah of course like no we're not dealing with, but we're in no position to be like choosy about mm-hmm. we need to seize power Tide pods might be a little bit much win elections seize power and then we can sort this stuff out really and i've had this we've talked about this yeah. on the show to where this is the right wing has no problem with this yeah. they do have infighting right. they're very utilitarian yeah, yeah but they're just like all y'all can come with us we mm-hmm. don't care where you're at on the right yeah. we'll seize power and we'll we'll sort it out later <laughs> like we need to be doing a little bit of that yeah i mean they just have like a beehive of like restrictions from each other and their thing is they'll just be like when things are on the line, they'd be like, that doesn't matter. Let's just do this thing. Yeah, well, like, the, 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 I guess the, the, the thing that I see is the reason that they're able to do that is because all of the things that, like, all these little micro sects that, that exist within the right and they are real, the thing that they have in common is, is, that, is that they benefit from some of those. Um, some of those things in society. So if you look at it as like a table leaning and then, you know, like, like, and then suddenly explosion happening and like that would be, you know, moving towards the left or whatever, the, the left gets a lot more scattered in terms of their material conditions are a lot tighter. And I think that's part of why that there's that sort of, you know, like blunderbuss effect, I suppose. I, I've said, I've said that I think it's, I think it's the way our brains are made up, to be honest, not to be like phrenology or anything like that. But I, think, I think it's like <laughs> our thinking. Smooth brains are like this. Well, okay, think about who yeah. you know, like on the right, who 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 subscribes to right wing ideologies. They're like authoritarians, so they want like a big daddy to come in. That's what we always get accused of, which is projection. They want a literal strongman like a Trump to come in and tell them what to do and how to do it, and so they're fine with just falling in line. To us, we have all these ideas, and we're all over the place. So it's kind of like herding cats. Dave Rubin had trying ideas. to get somebody, trying to get a bunch of leftists to move in one one direction is like the hardest thing in the world because we're also like, well, it's got to be this this way has to be the right way, or I'm not gonna coincide with any of this. Right. And it's just yeah. like, why are we doing purity. that? Don't do that. And that's why we need Robert's rules. No, oh, wow. <laughs> the cats. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just that's because you're Robert. <laughs> um. Y'all working? So, on, y'all working on anything over there? Current affairs? Yeah, we're working on endless things oh all God. the time. We got new magazines coming out all the time. We got books in the works. We got. Yeah, let's uh, end the show. Now. Just plug current affairs. Yeah, I love videos, the videos. Y'all had a great one with uh, Adolf Reed oh, recently. Yeah. He was in this very room that we're yeah. in right now. Uh, we had a lovely, lovely chat with uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Professor Adolf Reed. Uh, so yeah, we're doing more video stuff now. Um, uh, trying to do, uh, I don't know if you've seen PragerU on YouTube that does oh, all yes. these horrible right-wing explainer videos and has yeah. billions of views, but we're trying to counter that a little bit by going, uh, actually, these arguments are horrible, and here's the here's why they're horrible, and we dissect them for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, other than um, uh, Natalie Contrapoints, who was mentioned earlier, uh, you know, the left doesn't have nearly as, as strong of a YouTube presence. Um, so we're trying to do a bit of that, but mm-hmm. uh, we're also churning out issues every couple months and uh yeah meeting deadlines and what no (laughs) the deadline thing i'm still not sold on awareness of deadlines uh, i guess is the first step Mm, (laughs) yeah i'm not sure about that either but uh you know 
How many how many uh, deadlines are you comfortable blowing through? Like all of them. I, I don't want to say that in front of our man- managing editor. Um, I know how many. The there answer are. is all of them. Oh. <laughs> all of the deadlines. You know, you know who's great about deadlines are our artists, our illustrators. Yeah, I will say that the artists. Yeah. Incredibly talented. What great about deadlines? Yeah, they have great art in the magazine oh, too. Yeah, it's that's... so fun. It's like it's such a beautiful thing to read. Not the this is. Yeah. Well, you know, the left has to be fun. One of our real principles is that uh, you know, if reading a political magazine feels like eating your vegetables, um, people won't want to do it. Right. There are, do enough, it. there are enough parts. Uh, there's enough yeah. eating your vegetables in yeah. terms of organizing. <laughs> so it's like you. the magazine has to be some kind of relief. So cartoons are good and mm-hmm. art is good and nice things that are eye candy. I've described people who haven't picked up current affairs ever as it's... It's the leftist New Yorker. Would you? It's kind of the leftist Mad Magazine a little bit more. Because it's it's got, like, the New Yorker isn't that much fun to look at. I mean, mean, we've just started introducing parody New Yorker cartoons that are really dark. This is a new thing we're doing. So, so, Lida, you bottom line sort of the comedy side a little bit. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah. The amusements, as Uh as we call them. Yeah, we do do fake board games. We do. um, You have a whole book of amusements. We do have an entire book of amusements, which you can, is available for purchase. All of the amusements yeah. uh yeah we you know word searches we have an epstein word search coming oh our my new, gosh our <laughs> all of the people who is might it just the words him. epstein didn't kill himself it's, over it's and just, over I think again it's all the suspects all i think suspects. it's search for the suspects yeah Alida, do you have a comedy background Really, I am Jewish, so it's. You know, and it's funny because. Um, That's great. With all the the layoffs and left media, I've been having a lot of weird survivor's guilt lately because oh. I don't have a background in journalism either, and then I'm, I'm this managing editor over here. But uh, Nathan and I were just reading this amazing article about Condé Nast, oh, and right. and mm. how how horribly managed they were, and just how they didn't know anything at all, and they. They wasted what, like, 125 million. They started a. They it, so Conde Nast has been like you know the number one magazine publisher in America for yeah. a long time. They published Teen Vogue. They published Teen Vogue. They published good. Regular Vogue. Teen Vogue's pretty good now. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, you know Vanity Fair, The New Yorker. Um, but this internal investigation of the, what happened at Conde Nast that just came out in New York Magazine. They they spent 125 million dollars launching a new business magazine called Portfolio Ooh. in 2007 when it feels like the worst. It was magazine a in the horrible world. idea. Nobody read it. Nobody could even remember the name because it was so boring. And it <laughs> collapsed within a couple of years. They spent $125 million starting this magazine. I mean, it's... The, What's that in F-35s? And, and this is what it was like at all of their magazines where people had giant expense accounts. They didn't pay attention to anything anyone... They spent $250,000 on a YouTube video that got 200 views. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so if you factor, how, many, how much did they spend on it? $250,000. $250,000. So they spent more than... <laughs> That's a whole Ferrari. I can play more than a $1,000 review. I can, play, I can play Call of Duty tonight for 20 minutes drunk yeah. and get 10K views I mean, for like five, five minutes worth of video. Get 10K. I mean, it's tragic, but it also makes us angry because we think about what we Look could do if we had $250,000. It, it would be incredible. It's so annoying that all of these idiots have this much money i think this is one reason so many people are socialists now is because they yeah. just see like what they could do if they had the kind of money that oh idiots have so, so so i guess we have about five minutes left yeah. but um <laughs> hmm? let's keep going you know, yeah <laughs> but i just wanted to I, I, well, I want to wrap up on whiv yeah. but um 
so um, just the uh, sort of discourse that I suppose happened between Elizabeth Warren and Bill Gates this mm. week. We mentioned it earlier, um, but there was like a you know it, I'm think Bill Gates went on Twitter and said uh, if if um, Elizabeth Warren is going to be, you know, taking my money, then I'm just going to vote for Trump, pretty much. He, he either said it or he implied it. And then Elizabeth Warren just decided to kiss his ass and say, like, you don't, you know, that's not as much money as you think or all these other things. And I actually like, have some plans that are going to work for you. I have, you know, yeah. and um, just the amount of money that Bill Gates has, if you took He's like $101 billion. If he took, and, and some change, if he took $101 billion away from him he, and just left him with the millions, he would be fine. Have you gone on, I think it's spendbillgatesmoney.com yeah. where there you was have a to try and get rid of all his billions and it's very difficult. Yeah. There was a great TikTok video about this yeah. by some teen. Uh, she just Teens. TikTok yeah, they're, is the they're best good. social media now. The teens are great. Place. The kids are good. So uh, anyway, I want to get the last word on the, at least on the on-air portion. Then we can tw- switch to uh, Thursday. Teens but, are good. But, but, t- we're pro teens. We're anti Bill Gates. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know Elizabeth Warren uh, has tried to downplay the extent to which she's uh, going to seize his wealth, and and uh, uh, you know he said, oh well, what if if I lose a hundred billion dollars? I'll hardly have anything left. You'll be you'll have six billion dollars. That's how much you'll have left. I mean, it just sounds. I know. It's it's interesting that you can get to the point where you don't realize how ridiculous that sounds to people. Where you say like, "I'll only have six billion dollars." Yeah. It just. It, I mean, it just shows you just how out of touch these people are. Um, but you know, and, and how much money the wealthy yeah. just don't yeah. deserve it so much. It reminds you how much wealthy they are. And he can't spend it all. He will not be able to spend it all before yeah. he dies. Not even like a hundred billion. He won't be able to not spend. Not if I can help it. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's not enough things to buy. There's just not enough. There's there's just you know there's only so many schools he can destroy. Like there's just not that much there. And it's and this is something that I think we need to be really really careful about um, because it's it's kind of shocking to me that that's so early even like supposedly good you know very big evil quotes around that liberal billionaires that they're so willing this this soon to say that they'll they'll go fash rather than right. give up their money and like again we leave them with six billion they'll be fine oh he cares about poverty and health but ultimately like if you threaten his billions yeah. you know fascism and, and they yeah. really and so that's like that's a problem because they will absolutely yeah. stand against the Real quick, you're listening to WHIV FM. Uh, this has been Good Morning Comrade. Listen on, uh, listen on Thursday. Bye. 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 We should probably eat dinner, actually, because Lida and I have not eaten, so we can hang out.